Welcome to Elemental Talks, the podcast that connects marketing, design, and development experts to help you build better websites. Josh Morom is a senior front-end developer at Elemental, where he has been working for almost three years leading front-end projects. Josh is an integral part of the core development team, as well as an active contributor who constantly provides support to Elemental's international community members. In our podcast, Josh tells us why he switched from graphic design to web development, describes the process of introducing a new feature, and reveals some upcoming features that will surely get you excited. Welcome to Elementary Talks, and today with me, as always, is Matan. Hi, Matan. Hi, Ben. How's it going? I'm uh, great. And with us is a special guest, one of our own team members, Josh Marone. Hi, Josh. Hi, guys. It's great so, to be here. So uh, let's dive right in. It's a thrill to have you here and uh, sort of get an inside look of uh, how Elementor works. Uh, so first, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you find yourself in Elementor? And what were the skills that brought you here? My background is uh, really, um, if we go a little way back, um, I was a graphic designer. I started my graphic design career doing uh, web design, actually. And then a couple of years later, I started doing more of uh, print stuff. But I always had this uh, passion for um, using code for design and um, combining a technological new tool of uh, web, this new medium of uh, websites, web pages. Combining that with uh, design always seemed uh, magical to me. So I've always had that, like somewhere in the background, I've always... had my little hobby, running a little blog, something that I can play with in the web world. So taking those two worlds and combining them is like basically the main feature of my uh, professional career. So what, at the point I uh, got to Elementor was already uh, after um, a couple more years, after I started my own business, developing websites for clients um, using WordPress. And uh, creating custom themes and doing all sorts of custom uh, WordPress uh, work for clients. I had uh, a lot of experience with uh, developing interesting and um, challenging uh, WordPress projects. So that skill set is uh, what I bring to Elementor. And this is what I use in my daily work uh, when I uh, build widgets, when I create widgets and all sorts of features for uh, You mentioned that you started your career actually as a uh, graphic designer. Why did you make the switch from graphic design to development? Um, so as I said, um, many people start their graphic design career from uh, more of a, you know traditional mediums like print and that sort of stuff. So then it kind of really raises the question is what, drew you to to development but for me it wasn't so much of a question because my first work was uh, actually web development so when I was first introduced to the world of uh, graphic design it was via designing web pages so the first things I, I I had to work with were web pages so then when I switched to print for a few years when I did some more print work I've always had that you memory of my work on digital stuff on on web pages and I really um, 
I really like that. I really appreciated that uh, connection between code and design. I felt like it had something very unique to it. Uh, I, I find it magical, like how you can write a couple of lines of code and, and you get this nice looking result. And that's something that you don't really get when you're using um, tools like Photoshop or Illustrator or stuff like that, where you're really using like this very sophisticated software that does the tricks for you. Whereas when you're coding, you're basically giving the instructions to the browser on how something should look, and the browser just follows your instructions. So back then when you started uh, as a web designer, like uh, what year was that? Wow, that must have been around... early 2000s I think I guess 2004 2005 so just at the start of WordPress and uh, browser wars so it was a hard time for de- designers absolutely it was very very difficult to develop web pages back then um, the situation was uh, Internet Explorer basically dominated the market of uh, browsers so Um, and they really didn't care much about uh, standards and what other browsers are doing. They were just saying, okay, here's how we do it, and everyone just should just follow what we say. And thank God, now it's already much different. But back then, all websites had to be... Um, Custom-coded. You really had to code it twice, once for Internet Explorer and then go to other browsers and try to like fix everything that's broken on other browsers. Um, nowadays, there might be some inconsistencies between browsers, but they're really not as significant as they are today. And that's just one thing. If you're talking about uh, the languages that we use in uh, web development like HTML, CSS and JavaScript, so these languages have gone a long way since then. Uh, HTML has, You know a much wider vocabulary you can describe a lot more intricate and complex web pages with uh, today's HTML things that didn't exist back in the day there wasn't even such a thing as a video tag until recently if you can remember uh, YouTube was using flash for videos so people who wanted to uh, embed videos in their web pages didn't really have a means to do it with the uh, HTML so now HTML covers that um, same applies to CSS CSS is now able of doing is capable of doing very very complex things which were not even possible back in days we used to use tables to create layouts now we have uh, much more efficient uh, ways of uh, tackling uh, these uh, yeah, challenges. it's important to say that without those uh, progression in, in uh, web standards and And CSS and HTML5, there wouldn't be uh, Elementor, possibility for Elementor. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, the technology that uh, Elementor relies on is, is yeah, it's those uh, fundamental uh, languages. So you either orchestrated or uh, were, was part of the team for some of the major, I would say, more visual and front-end developments that, Of Elementor, I can recall uh, a few things uh, like uh, the call to action and the uh, shape divider. So tell us a bit about uh, how do, does the ideation process work? How do you get uh, the, the ideas, the inspiration? And what's the process like? Uh, that's a great question. It's really, uh, there's so many things that go into the process of introducing a new feature, a new uh, widget, any sort of... Um, New capabilities that we introduce to Elementor as a tool um, always is a long 
tedious process with uh, a lot of emotions and a lot of hurdles you need to to get over I think there there are two very important factors that drive the way we make those decisions and that really uh, guide us one is the fact that just like myself most of the a team that that is involved in developing new features are people who uh, come from the world of developing websites developing WordPress sites they've done it for for years and um, they really know what are the pains of the people and what uh, people are looking for and they really understand how people are going to be using a certain feature in the real world so this is a very very important aspect of how we managed to come up with the right solutions is because we really really are very very intimately familiar with what you guys are doing with what our users are doing um, the second thing is which is very complimentary is is the input we get from our users and the requests and the feature requests and the the voice of our users is basically a very very uh, crucial part of of uh, the input we need to guide us to to what we should address and what what uh, needs should be addressed so so if I want to summarize it is basically we recognize a certain need and typically by users bringing it up and then we tackle it and we um, and we conquer it by um, brainstorming and each of us bringing what they believe is the way to, to, to deal with this uh. so in your uh, development team in elementors development team does every developer have his own area of expertise and responsibility um, I would say to some extent it's uh, it's true some of us are much more front-end oriented like myself others are um, back-end oriented they they know how to make um, all the things that run in the background operate smoothly with the best performance and with the best um, software design so we tend to be take the challenges that we can handle the best each of each of us tends to attend to those uh, missions that uh, really suit his uh, set of skills do you best. develop any or do you have a certain philosophy that leads your way inside the team I know you have a team leader a dedicated one yeah I think really the DNA that makes a WordPress feature really good is is taking a big problem and breaking it down to its basic components and then trying to solve it with a simple solution. So basically we're, we're gonna take a certain feature, let's say uh, forms, okay? And we're gonna try to think what are the big problems people face when they come to create forms. And we're gonna make sure those big problems are going to get uh, solved by our solution. And we're going to try not to add features that are not essential to fixing the problems we came to fix. So by making sure we're uh, only including the things that need to be there while not making it too bloated with things that people don't really need, we managed to come up with solutions that are 
elegant, simple, but yet easy to use. So that's really that's really the trick, and it's it's much more complicated and much more challenging to achieve this balance because really when you when you try to do something good you always have this uh, urge to add something to make it a little better to add another a little bit more f- make it a little bit more flexible just add a little another control that that allows to do another little thing and it's very tempting and many times people ask for these things and you're like hey why not just give it to them but by making sure you're only adding what's important and not what is not is uh, is a key factor in, in in making sure the product is is very usable and not just and not just good but also easy yeah, to otherwise use. you get an interface with that is only handles right right exactly we see that sometimes with some third-party plugins uh, which are by the way doing a great job I must say you know some of the developers in our third-party community are doing a great job they're coming up with some fantastic uh, solutions for all sorts of uh, users needs but I can see sometimes some of them tend to add extra extra functionality and and very advanced features and sometimes it's it's counterproductive and it, it might it might end up uh, being very difficult to use which which might be okay in some cases but we generally speaking we tend to, we try to avoid uh, do you notice like if a plugin is uh, like okay these these guys did a, a great job and they had like the right mindset and these guys just pushed everything in the in, in the in the panel and uh, overdid it Oh yeah, sure. There's th- some developers are really they're brilliant. They're really doing a great job and and you can tell they they have uh they have it down. They know they know how users uh think and they can they really deliver a good um a good solution for the users' problems. Um some of them are are not as brilliant, but uh but it's okay. This is this is the beauty of uh, of having a uh A, an open source uh, product is is that really the market defines who's the who's uh, who's good and who's not it's not for us to judge it's really the users who who are there to to adopt this uh, this or the other uh, plugin going back to the graphic designer part or to be more precise the cooperation between designers and developers and it's really you know um, highlighted on the fact that we're talking about page builder element or that change you know changed the game basically so how do you think elementor and other page builders change the way that designers and developers work together Wow wow that's a big one that's that's very that's a very interesting question. Personally, I believe and I think I think many people in our company believe that in the modern era of web development and the way we do things in a modern world allows for people for creators to have a much more a much more immediate and direct impact on on what they're working on. We really believe that designers should have access to final, Uh, medium um, back in the days it used to be that the designer did the first part of the process which is um, creating a certain design in um, Photoshop 
or whatever tool he's using to create the layout and the design. And then that product is then passed on to a uh, front-end developer who takes that and kind of uh, translates it to a web page. And we really strive to eliminate the need in a middleman. We believe designers should have access to the, the page that they're building. We want the designer to interact with the page that he's creating and um, we believe this way the designer will be able to, to, to deliver a much better product, a much higher quality design because he's going to actually experience how his page operates in, in the real world. He can actually see the, the final result. And since Elementor is uh, a tool that gives you direct access to the design, you're actually interacting directly with your design, it really makes it possible for, for people who didn't have that access before. So that's an interesting uh, point that I want to, to halt uh, for a second because uh, there was, uh, I mean, we talked about the browser wars and there was kind of a split between designers and developers and designers kind of uh, took their own corner and had their own awards websites and Dribble account and kind of shied away from uh, dealing with uh, WordPress in particular, but also in general with, uh, with uh, coding. And the process became unsustainable and unreasonable uh, in a lot of respects. Uh, do you agree? I think you're recognizing something that uh, really was happening. The designer's needs and the developer's needs were not uh, necessarily uh, the same, so they tend to use um, different methods and different uh, environments and different tools. So this is how uh, we ended up with uh, uh, tools like uh, Adobe Muse or stuff like that, which uh, was maybe appealing for some de uh, designers, but developers, uh, I don't think many developers were uh, uh, very happy with, uh, with this environment. And you can see that uh, Edge is, uh, sorry, uh, Muse is already not, is not supported by Adobe. They closed this product because really... What you really need is a, is a solution that kind of brings the two together and not something that will uh, only cater to one of those audience's needs. So I know it's a little anti-product in terms of um, business-wise. You might have people telling you um, you should focus on a certain audience and um, this way you can maximize um, you know, how you... How you uh, facilitate their needs, etc. But uh, since web development and web design are really this combination of, of people from both worlds, so you really need a platform that allows for both needs to be addressed. You know, you really want to cater for both audiences. You must make sure a, a developer will find uh, what he needs to, to develop a professional website. At the same time, you must make sure the designer it feels uh, comfortable and is uh, and it, the process is uh, intuitive and uh, natural for, for uh, creating uh, nice designs. So that's really the big trick is how to make sure both the developer and the designer are going to feel um, comfortable with uh, the yeah. product. Yeah, and uh, if we're talking about designers, uh, the last, I would say, half a year, we focused a lot on marketers, uh, giving uh, features like uh, action links and pop-ups. 
So we have actually have uh, you, you can share with us a bit of a sneak uh, preview of what's uh, to come really soon and uh, with regards in general to the focus on on designers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, marketers got their fair share in the past couple of releases. I think uh, forms also is a very powerful tool for uh, marketers. I'm sure you would know more about it than myself, but uh, certainly all the options we provide with uh, integrations and with uh, hidden uh, form fields that can be populated by uh, the parameters in the yeah. links and all sorts of uh, nice little um, features we added recently. So yeah, so that's that's as far as marketers. but yeah, now uh, we're, we're we're introducing um, a few powerful uh, tools. And features that um, I think uh, professional designers, web designers are going to love. One of them is uh, already in beta is uh, absolute positioning, which I must admit uh, we had you know serious doubts on whether we should and how we should include these features. But we really believe that uh, the people that need it will appreciate um, having this as part of what we offer. And the people who don't know how to use it hopefully will uh, will avoid it, uh, using it if they don't really understand what they're doing. But absolute positioning is really very, very powerful. It really it really allows for very, very uh, special things to be done on uh, so the the danger is uh, just to make it clear is that if you're not someone who knows how to handle a, a layout and know how how it works, then because you're turning turning into uh, you're switching a widget to absolute position meaning you can position it anywhere on the page regardless of the the uh, grid it means basically that it's a recipe for if you're not if you're not if you don't know if you're not a professional uh, for uh, issues absolutely yeah yeah it, it basically allows you to to create very uh <laughs> Uh, uh, tricky situations um, you could theoretically cause some serious issues with your page layout if you're uh, misusing it which which is really an exception because most things we uh, most features we uh, we provide are to some extent limited and kind of we kind of draw the line of uh, what cannot be done right And with uh, with this feature you really have uh, kind of uh, unlimited options of how to use it in terms of how you arrange uh, elements around your uh, page your canvas so yeah it can be it can be uh, you can misuse it you can create pages that are a little uh, maybe not done right at this at this point we kind of um, we pass the responsibility to our users to use it responsibly yeah and this is uh Having said that, there is an uh, advantage of using it in Elementor since we have the, the mobile responsive options. You can make sure that it does look at least great across devices. And that's actually a good tool for marketers as well. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really, if, if you're using it wisely and if you really um, uh, stay aware of, of the implications on uh, mobile and on uh, different types of content that might uh, change in your on your page you can really come up with some very very unique results you know um, things that are that are that seem magical things that that don't 
really resemble anything uh, people have seen before. Really, it, it kind of opens a whole new realm, realm of possibilities. And uh, having said that, when you uh, also uh, take into consideration another feature that we're about to introduce uh, very soon in our pro version is uh, all sorts of motion effects and, and, and things that uh, you can move around and uh, parallax and all those cool uh, little uh, gimmicks that, that have to do with elements moving around on the page. So if you combine those two, it's really it, 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 we're really entering a new era uh, uh, in terms of what people can achieve with, uh, with, uh, with Elementor. It's really p- very, very... So powerful. everyone listening, it's breaking news. It's the first time we've heard about it. Yeah, so Parallax is coming. Yeah, Parallax is finally coming. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, almost, uh, it's almost become a joke by now. Uh, we've been talking about Parallax since day one. We really felt like we needed, once we tackle Parallax, it had to be done the Elementor way. So I really hope uh, our users are going to appreciate the work uh, that was done on this because it's really, it's a big feature. It's I'm really, sure it should be super be excited to hear that. We know that. <laughs> I hope. Um, okay, uh, we're about to wrap it up, and I would like to ask you, for a novice developer or someone who just started and aspires to become a web developer, what are the most crucial skills they should have in 2019? Wow, this is a great question. You know, it used to be when, uh, when the whole industry was, was still very young, uh, really the main trait a uh, web developer, web designer slash web designer uh, needed is, is to have the technical skills required for uh, developing a website. So basically HTML, CSS, uh, dealing with hosting, setting up domains, all this type of stuff that, that uh, clients have no way of you know, get, getting a hang of and they really need a uh, professional for that. What happens is with, uh, just like in many other fields, like photography or many other areas, is you get a, you know, a lot of progress uh, technology-wise, and you have all those tools that are really doing the job for you. So WordPress is, is a great example of how it made things a lot easier for people to set up a website and, and, and uh, have a CMS uh, managing all their content. So suddenly you have developers who don't really need to deal with these kinds of things. And um, they're really being dealt with by those uh, tools that we use. And Elementor kind of goes the same way. Is, is it, it, it eliminates a lot of the pains and a lot of the challenges, the technical challenges that come with uh, creating um, complex pages. So uh, if it required a very skilled developer to, to design a web page with shape dividers and sliders and uh, parallax effects and, and forms. And uh, you needed all those different tools that to use in order to achieve uh, all those results. And now you have a tool like Elementor, so suddenly the, the technical part becomes much less of the issue. You, the, the value you, you deliver to your Uh, clients is not necessarily tackling the the technical issues because they have become much more simple to, to address with uh, the tools that we have uh, so now it's more about um, other values that you bring so I would say the developer in 2019 the web developer should 
be uh, delivering uh, other types of values and should be focusing on those. Those values can be all sorts of things depending on what audience you want to appeal to, but it can be a great marketer. You can understand in how to make a web page sell. You can focus on, on, on uh, great uh, uh, user experience. You can focus on, on great uh, design and style. So uh, you can be, you know, up to date with all the new trends in design and um, be able to make websites that look great. So this is really up to you. No builder can make something look great. It's really up to, so, so be a, a good designer, be a good marketer, understand the business of your client, you know, try to understand what's, what, what are his business goals and, and help him uh, get the results he, he hopes to get. Be a good uh, SEO person, understand uh, how, uh, how Google and how uh, search engines uh, look at your page. So I think really the values that we bring as professionals to, uh, to our uh, clients are not necessarily um, uh, technical. Um, but not even development oriented. Right, not necessarily development oriented. Although there always are development uh, challenges that need to be addressed that are not covered by by uh, the the common tools we use but but they become less and less of the issue really with most projects the technical parts of, of creating the web page the website are much less important in the general picture in the big picture than than they used to be that's what I think so I think we should try to focus on on what's the added value that we bring apart from achieving the technical uh, checklist you know being able to to not just um, come up with a website that's up on the web but also making sure that it does all the things that it should be doing and and the way that it this should is be actually doing uh, connecting to other previous podcast we had here not with developers actually for instance with Troy Dean and we ask him what Absolutely. do you think should be you know the skills that In 2019 and it quite resembles your answer because it looks like everybody now thinks about Holistic. acquiring a, a set of skills from different areas in order to bring the best solution yeah yeah I can't agree more I think that's that's ne- definitely the case from, uh, the, from the projects and widgets you've been uh, involved in in elementor like which widget or solution is Did you come up with that you're most proud of and you think mm-hmm. we, we hit the nail on this one <laughs> oh yeah that's that, that's a uh, surprise me with this one I uh, wasn't prepared for it um, let me think um, there are a few I can't it's, like I, it's hard child, to choose one <laughs> yeah absolutely there each one is like a whole world I I, I really liked uh, doing the the flipbox and the call to action I like their I like how they're so um, they're interesting they are they're fun it's it's fun to play with I like things that that do cool things on your page so so yeah so those are great I, I really like them I really like how the mouse over does this this great uh, cool animation how you have control over so many uh, so many little uh, tweaks and visually so this is great and um, I really like shape divider was was also pretty cool shape divider was great yeah. 
And since I just finished with it, I'm still very much involved emotionally with the whole uh, absolute positioning. Is I think we've, we've really come up with a very elegant solution for this, um, you know, having the ability to drag a uh, widget around uh, the canvas um, so uh, naturally and so uh, intuitively and having that uh, resize um, ability, you know, changing the elements uh, width. Um, it really, really, really makes it a lot of fun to, uh, to create some uh, layouts that would be otherwise very challenging to achieve. So. So to me, the, seeing um, the results of, of this effort um, is very uh, rewarding. So, Josh, thank you for being the first guest from in-house uh, to do the interview. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's something uh, great and valuable to, to offer this internal pers- perspective from our own uh, team. And uh, for me, it's a great privilege to have you as the, f- the first guest from our, our team because for me, every time I have some sort of question uh, that's, uh, you know, that's uh, related to uh, something professional in terms of Elementor and, and uh, how it's built, I always turn to you and you, you always provide the, uh, the, the, the good answer. So, uh, so yeah, so, so thanks. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, I would like to, you know, um, take this opportunity to also thank uh, all our users. I really, I think, like I said in the beginning, without you guys, it's, uh, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do all this. So really, like, some, user just, some users are just really, like, inspiring in how much they care and how much they're involved. And they've been with us since forever and and they stay with us and they encourage they give us a lot of encouragement and and they give us very valuable feedback so so to all of you guys i really um thank you very much and and uh we really appreciate everything uh you're doing for us and uh, please uh stay around and we'll keep this going we'll we'll keep going yeah together. and if you have any more questions for josh feel free to ask in the comments and also don't forget to subscribe to this uh, podcast leave us a five-star review on itunes can we call you from now on flipbox josh or, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay everyone so until next uh, next time this is ben and this is matan bye bye